Hello and welcome. Coming to you from what I wish was Wiseman's View Overlook, but it's just a simple podcast studio. I'm Josh. And I'm John. And this pie from Famous Luis's is really good. Yeah, strawberry rhubarb is my favorite. But this is the Geek ETC podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about, including the paranormal. And speaking of the paranormal, have you heard about all this uh, UAP stuff that's going on? Do you mean unidentified aerial phenomena? Exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's hard to miss. I, you know, I'm a big, I follow a lot of uh, like conflict news sources. And of oh, course, okay. you know, as soon as we start scrambling jets, I get a lot of news notifications from Atlas News or something like that. Right. Um, it's, you know, there's he- there, it's headlines and stuff that I've been, you know, it's one of those things that you always kind of like, get excited or, you know, imagine seeing on the news or something that the news anchor comes on and starts talking about, you know, this unidentified object has been seen over these, you know, various cities, you know, and tracked by our government and all this stuff, you know, and being someone who's been fascinated with the topic for most of my life, you know, uh, UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them, um, aliens, all the like, um, I've, it's been a very exciting, uh, little time here lately. Except for there, where it doesn't seem like we're giving them a red carpet welcome. If it was somebody else, we're, I think no. we've been shooting aim nine sidewinders at them, and so instead of saying hello, we've been saying Fox One, Fox right. Two, and uh, blowing them up, <laughs> blowing them up in the air, which is definitely really interesting, right? There's yeah, you know, very interesting. Um, like some people, like they've not really recovered some of this stuff for some reason. Like they've not been going after it. Like, well, they asked, I read yesterday or something that they just said they're. If they're stopping the the research or the uh, teams looking for all the any kind of debris, they just cut off anybody looking from it for some reason. Sure, they did. Right. Sure, they, they I did. I mean, this I, I will give it. You know, a, a full disclosure. My whole opinion on the whole thing is that you know, this there's no legitimacy to any of this. Yeah. But you know, it might be some other. Blue, I think there was one of them that they did. Well, they say they confirmed that was a ham radio balloon. That it was a there's a small group um, out of somewhere I forget which one of these instances it was but it was a balloon that used by amateur ham radios that they send up to kind of bounce their signals off of and communicate and stuff and they just blew it out of the sky with a <laughs> half million dollar missile with a half million dollar missile from a, like a YF twenty two A Raptor like right. get, get out. yeah can you imagine sending up your ham radio balloon and be like mom the Air Force just shot it down can I bum fifty more dollars you know right like, F twenty two and F thirty five or something yeah. Hopefully an F-22. I don't like the F-35s. They've used them both in these. I was reading. And F-16 too, I think. Yeah, F-16 as well. Yeah. And then we shot the one down over Canada, which I'm sure they just love. I'm sure the moose were real excited about that right. explosion. And and on top of that, the one that was over, like, was it Lake Huron or mm-hmm. one of the lakes that they missed the first shot? Yeah. <laughs> if that was the ham radio balloon, you know, like, I, we've not had a peer-to-peer, like, air conflict. Probably the closest was the Vietnam War, you know? I think we shot down some planes in the desert storm, but it doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for our air superiority if... Right. What, you know, why don't they just turn well, on the Vulcan well, they, cannon? They you said know? that it's that their missiles and all these guidance, or these, you know, guidance systems, all this stuff, is designed to shoot fast-moving moving targets. Yeah, and he, and the heat signatures yeah, make a difference, the heat for signature sure. Thing. There's a lot of excuses, there are a lot of excuses. All I know is is Tom Cruise probably could have done it. Like I've I've seen Tom Cruise do some pretty amazing things, and That's uh, a possibility including keeping Scientology alive. And he is, I bet he could have shot that thing down with just like one round from his like Beretta. There's a chance. 
he probably could have ejected and shot it down. <laughs> that might have cost a little less, honestly, if he just if he bailed out of like an F-15 or some one of her older jets, you know? True. It just like eject out of it and then land on it, Mission Impossible style, and, you know, hack into it or something. And cut, like use a knife and just... Yeah, and just cut it and ride the balloon down to the ground. Yeah, very, in, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's so weird. It's so, you know, the, the Ukraine conflict, I remember, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I don't really follow a lot of, uh, like us news but i'm really big into conflict journalism like independent conflict journalists like uh ground news and and um atlas news and those kind of guys who who do a lot of that and i i remember the chechens were saying that they shot down like a ufo or something that mm-hmm. like that like the pro-russian chechens were like we right. shot down a ufo or a ufo killed some of our i can't remember which one but that's kind of funny right yeah i mean there's been multiple stories i mean for a while you know of these uh, unknown things showing up over other countries as well. Um, and then there's also, you know, been a number of stories in the past couple of weeks of like a sudden increase in meteor meteors coming in or Ooh. asteroids or whatever, you know, whichever they are at the time that they see them. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of cases of people videoing, seeing, you know, falling objects through the sky. It could be meteors of some kind or who knows. What. And they had the, um, the, the picture of like, there was one UAP over Mosul, in the Iraq war. Yeah. And I know that was geo verified by some of those conflict journalists, but obviously I don't know if the, the object and it was real or not, but you know, it was that was definitely interesting. All the, all the different sightings and you know, it's not something that you and I are not necessarily, you know, you and I have seen some weird things for sure in the past too. That's true. We're going to get into some of that today. Yes, we are. But before that, I would like to remind you that if you'd like to help support us and support our effort here, you can do that at our Patreon at patreon.com slash geek etc podcast uh, for a couple of bucks a month you can keep us um, loud live and independent and keep the geeky uh, entertainment coming your way yeah that way we don't have to like jump in with a whole bunch of random ads at the beginning that you skip through and don't care about because it's not something that we did anything before because uh, we weren't getting sponsored by them so <laughs> right we you know we, like I said, we're a fledgling podcast. They say that all the time. This is episode six, I think. And so, you know, we're, we're just excited to be here, but there are, it does cost some money. And I, there's also some, we're going to be coming up with some new tiers here soon and some fun little things you'll get out of those for just subscribing for a few bucks a month. So think about it. Geek ETC podcast on Patreon. Yeah. Thanks. And so we were talking about UAP stuff and paranormal things and how we are, we've seen some things. And in the, the other day I made an Instagram poll. And I asked, has anybody experienced anything paranormal? I gave like a yes, no, maybe it was kind of weird. And like, I don't believe in paranormal. And we got no votes for the, I don't believe in paranormal. And the majority of people said they had experienced something paranormal with a few yeses or a few no's and a few maybes. Well, I think also on that note that because of the amount of, you know, that paranormal, the topic of paranormal things is in the public eye now in, you know, movies, TV shows, other podcasts. Um, there's a lot of things talking about it that a lot of this area has kind of been a little destigmatized and people aren't afraid to talk about weird things they've experienced, which is good, which is really good. And so I asked people if they had experienced anything to uh, tell us. And so we got some short responses from some of our Instagram viewers, some of our Instagram followers. So one of our Instagram followers says, I kept seeing shadowy figures moving in my peripheral vision or whenever I turned around, which that's, mm. that's, that's spooky. I've had instances like that, similar type of things, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back when I was a kid, um, me and my mom and my sister were all sitting in our living room watching TV and we, and kind of off the living room, we had this, uh, 
hallway that went down to me and my sister's bedrooms. The, the bedrooms were, you know, across the hallway from each other. And all three of us were sitting there watching TV, and out of the corner of our eyes, we saw what looked like a little old lady hunched over walk from my sister's room to my bedroom. Oh, my God. And we all stopped and kind of looked at each other in very confusion, and it, it freaked us out for sure. I, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, one of our other followers says they heard a woman singing at night on the property of what used to be an old plantation. Oh, geez. And we're here in the South and God, you know, I'm not from here originally, but the South obviously has a uh, storied history with a lot of weird paranormal right. things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would scare me to death. You oh, know? for sure. It was probably just an emo person like, you know, at the cemetery hanging out and like singing Avril Lavigne off key. Could be. But, uh, you know, I don't be in any place like that. And yeah, if you just hear some distant, uh, singing of any kind, that's, yeah, that's up there on the scary list. Oh yeah. That's, that's the neck hairs are going up for sure. The only thing maybe even above that is like you hear a baby crying. Ooh. Yeah. If you, if you're just in, you know, near some old rundown abandoned thing, you hear a baby crying. I mean, there's been, I've heard many stories of, um, in, in folklore and stuff that, either things. I don't know if it's like the Wendigo or some of these other, uh, cryptid creatures that they try to, you know, you know, reel in their prey by mimicking the sound of a baby crying. Well, I know, I know like cougars, I know like mountain lions, you know, the woman screaming, you know, people like, what is a woman screaming? That's just that. Wow. That, that, Oh really? Yeah. Screaming at nighttime. Like you get like some of that from, from them. So that's pretty scary. One thing that I think is scary. And one of our, one of our followers sent us, they said, does some, does sleep paralysis count or Ooh. someone pulling your blankets off with no other explanation? Well, that, yeah, that's yes, that does count. I even think I told, I responded to this follower and said, yeah, that, that counts. Cause I've not experienced sleep paralysis. I know some friends that have, I have, Ooh, and I don't like it. And the, you know, my bed is my safe space of, <laughs> of everywhere else. Just you know? Don't let your foot hang off too far. I don't mind my foot hanging off too far. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I can keep my feet outside of the covers as a, as a child. Nah. Like I couldn't have stick my foot out. You know, if you're hot, you know, a lot of people will stick their, their foot out to cool down. My wife does that all the time. But as a kid, like, you know, th- that was like, would scare me to death. Just even just having your foot out. Someone's going to get you. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. But the idea of somebody like, like me not being able to move and then, oh, you dude, know, it's terrifying. Like I'm, I'm a big dude. I grapple, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, 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 de- I'm a good grappler, you yeah. know, and I, I can't. A, like even just being held down and grappling, I would, I would, that would really irk me. <laughs> and I can't imagine, I can't imagine being in my own bed, you know, in your safe space, in my safe happening. space and being held down. I would be and like and not able to move and then seeing a person or a figure or something like that. Ugh, Dude, one of my, count yeah, me out. One of my old jobs, um, I worked in security at this hotel. And this hotel is like a hundred years old and it, it's, it has a lot of creepy paranormal stories about it to begin with. But in our um, security base, we had a, this old couch. I don't know if it was an original couch from the hotel, but it was really, really old leather couch. We had it in there and we would literally uh, trade off and like take turns, taking naps on it whenever we were super slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, you know, they didn't want us to be doing anything because we were solving problems, but we would take turns napping on that couch and every single time, I would fall asleep on that couch. I would wake up at some point within my eyes would be open. I could look around the room, but I could not move. I could like every single time. And I would, I would try to say something or make a noise and it would just, 
I, in my head, I was just, you know, slight little murmurings and stuff, but I couldn't actually say or scream or do anything. And I was stuck on this couch and I could see the other people around. And then eventually I would completely wake up and could move. It happened every time I fell asleep on this couch. In the words of the Gen Z folks that might be listening, I would say, say less, fam. I'm out. So I'm glad you don't work there anymore because <laughs> no. I, I, not a chance. The first time that happened, I would have been, I would have been out of there. I can't. Yeah. Ugh. I haven't really had that happen when any, you know, being at home in my own bed, I don't think. Um, I've had a lot of weird kind of nightmares that seem like that, but I could tell they were dreams and stuff, but. As far as pure sleep paralysis, yeah, it was every time I fell asleep on that couch, it happened. Yeah, for me, you know, I have just really stupid dreams. Like, I, my IQ level drops significantly when I'm asleep. Like, you know, I like to think I'm of average intelligence. And then when I, when I, like, I'm waking up out of a dream, I'm like, whoa, you know, like, I, like, I, I killed a person, you know, like, I gotta go. <laughs> I got to bury their body. Like the cops are after, you know, it's like a whole thing. Right. And, and then I'm like, I didn't do any of that. I no. didn't do any of that. None of this makes any sense to me. I've had a lot like, of, I'll message people like random <laughs> stuff after I wake up and I'll be like, why did I, I've not talked to that person in years. Why did I, yeah. why did I say something to them? Right. Yeah. So, I, I've, I've had similar thing where like the dream crosses over into reality, but mine's usually, yeah, I'm fighting somebody and I ended up kicking my wife <laughs> as I'm waking up that I like, I know this one point, this one dream that I had that I, it was essentially a battle royale sort of situation, <laughs> like PUBG, and I was hiding on the second floor of this house, and this guy came running up, and I Spartan kicked him down the stairs, but in reality, I Spartan kicked my wife in the bed. Ooh, that's rough. And then she woke me up and smacked me, and she was like, what are you doing? Just because it's on top, my wife literally, you know, I woke up, and she was still asleep, and I tried to like, you know, you know, cuddle her or whatever. And she rolled over to her back this morning and was like, get out. No, no. And she was in the middle of like some nightmare Oh geez. and I didn't know it, you know, cause normally she, when she's in a nightmare, she's making noise and I'm like, I wake yeah. her up from it. Cause she's really, she dreams, you know, like I, I probably have sleep apnea or something. Cause I don't, I don't think <laughs> I hit rim sleep that often, but she's, she's like, you know, always having these nightmares. And yeah. especially like if we see snakes or something or like, you know, something on national geographic before we go to bed or spiders or something like that, oh, yeah. her dreams, she's like, I'm, I'm going to have nightmares. So oh, that sucks. I know but, that feeling though. But speaking, so in speaking of my wife, she is one of our followers and she did respond to it. And oh, yeah. this is interesting. She says, when we said, what's a paranormal thing you've seen? And her exact words were that dang glowworm. Oh, the glowworm. The glowworm. So today's episode, you know, we're geeking out about what I like to call the ghost lights of Appalachia. Right. Or the brown mountain lights. The brown mountain lights. Um, the Brown Mountain Lights are interesting phenomena. So Josh and I are natives to Western North Carolina. Well, not natives. I'm not a native. Josh is a native to Western North Carolina. I've I, been here long enough. I've been here long enough. We've been I've been here long enough to. I don't have the accent necessarily, but um, I live here. I've lived here for a long time. Right. And I was never familiar with it when I moved here, and I wasn't familiar with it really until the first time that you and I went. Yeah, with your dad. Yeah, you, me, and my dad went camping uh, that time up there. And and the place that we've always gone, and we've witnessed the this phenomena numerous times with numerous people, is in the Linville Gorge in mm-hmm. the National Park at an overlook called Wiseman's View. Right. And, and for some kind of, uh, I guess, background clarification, these brown mountain lights, they are often reported as ghost lights or, you know, some people attribute them to 
some kind of ball lightning, and we'll get into some kind of theories about it here in a little bit. But they apparently like the early, uh, earliest published reference was in around 1910, about the time that some same kind of electric lightning type of stuff was being in a scene around the area. So it's been, you know, 100 plus years since people have been at least published reporting, but there's, you know, rumors and stories that go back, you know, a long time back into the generations, native history and stuff from around the area. You know, my, my dad, who is a native to Eastern Tennessee told me, you know, he was familiar with it. And he, he always said like, you know, some of the theories that he heard when he was younger was like, there was always the, it was, it was a slave who had like escaped from a plantation or, uh, you know, with, with his, with his like lantern or something right. like that. And then there was also something about like a, the Cherokee, the Eastern band of Cherokee uh, have long storied history in Western North Carolina. And we were actually, we live fairly close to the, uh, to the Eastern band Cherokee reservation and that there was a battle. <laughs> there was a battle or something like that, that had taken place. And, um, like the, these were the people out looking for their casualties or something to that effect. But the first publication, you know, I've actually seen several things on this and this was, uh, the U S geological survey, I think was talking about these, um, sites and they had gone out there and looked, I'm not sure if it was from the Brown mountain overlook. There's a separate overlook off of interstate right, yeah. or off like a, like a highway. Yeah. And then there's the Wiseman's view area. And they were saying, Oh, it's just train lights. You know, these silly country bumpkins, are thinking these are train lights moving through the valley or whatever are mm-hmm. it. And from Wiseman's view there, you know, there is no, there, there's no train, there's tracks. no, there's no train tracks there. No. And that's where we've seen everything. Right. So, um, the Linville gorge is located. What is it? Marion Brown, like Avery County, something like that. McDowell County. Yeah. Burke County. It's actually it, Burke. County. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Near, um, near Morganton, near Morganton. Yes. So, um, and the Linville Gorge is a neat spot. It's beautiful. I've heard people call it the Grand Canyon of the East Coast. Oh, yeah. And it is it is like a beautiful, it's way smaller than the Grand Canyon is, but it is a beautiful gorge. The Wiseman's View Overlook is amazing during the daytime. Um, the the pie I referenced in the intro, we, we like going, there's a little like oh, a yeah. hole in the wall, rinky dink place where you're like sitting in three different counties, famous Luis's. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay dinner, but they're pie. They got really good pie. The, the pie there is amazing. There's been multiple times we've just like, you can buy a whole pie from them and, yeah. and to take it back home. We've done that. Yeah. Especially your mom demands tributes. So typically we bring her <laughs> back a strawberry rhubarb pie. It's true. Um, so I, the Linville Gorge, if perfect, if you're from Western North Carolina or you're visiting Western North Carolina, you know, Steve Harvey says, come to Western North Carolina. So maybe you Does should he? too. Yeah. There's like a video where he's like, somebody's like, Hey, where should I go on this trip? And then Steve Harvey's like, uh, you know, she wanted him to throw a dart at the board of the U S and he, he takes it and he just grabs the the dart and he takes it right to Asheville. He's like, go to the blue Ridge mountains, go to the Appalachian. Mountains. Oh wow. And she's like, no, I wanted you to throw it. He's like, I'm not going to throw it. He's like, you go right here and you'll love it. You know, go up on the blue Ridge parkway, do whatever. Wow. Okay. And, and we really do live in a place that's extremely beautiful, but there are some weird things that happen around here. And like you said, the South is, is home to a lot of, of strange things. So, right. um, the Brown mountain lights particularly were one of, you know, if not one of the first instances of that, that we both experienced in this area. Yes. One of the first things I ever experienced too, where I was just like dumbfounded. Right. And if anybody's ever like trying to get like, you know, what is, I wonder what that place looks like. If you've ever seen the last of the Mohicans, that was actually, it took place in the Adirondack mountains 
in the movie, mm-hmm. but it was filmed in the right. Linville Gorge, like, you know, Table Rock and Hawksbill Mountain, which are two of the main like mountains that we see from Wiseman's view. Right, right. That makes sense. Uh, but so the, our kind of origin with this, uh, we'll just kind of go through our, our, our first little experience there and kind of talk about uh, what we first saw. So Josh and I and his father, Jeff, we were all going to like, we we're going on a camping trip. Yeah. Up at Wiseman's there, as you drive up this, there's a very uh, rough dirt road that goes up through there and fill with potholes usually, but dotted on either side of this road are campsites. And they're, they're, some of them are big, some of them are small, like, you know, right. they're, they're definitely car camp spots for sure. For sure. Um, so we would often go camping up there. Um, we were excited cause it was gonna be my first time up there. I, I think you had been, you've been up there before, right? I think, I think I had been up there maybe once or twice beforehand. And I had been up there, but never gone all the way up. I, I have been to, there was, there's the mines over there. Oh, oh the, the, the caverns, Linville, Linville caverns. caverns. Right. And I had been to the falls, which are at the very bottom of that road. Yep. Yep. But I had never been, been I wish I had gone to Wiseman's view back Early, then. Yeah. But going up there with your dad was awesome you know we we went up there we found the, a great parking spot like a great place they, to pull in the campsite we used up there was the one i've always like i, we, I haven't stayed at any other campsite ever the number of i've always yeah there. i've always just wanted to go to that yeah, campsite it's wide open but it has like a narrow entrance so you can block put park the car in and it kind of blocks your campsite out yes which is awesome and there's a nice like a little hole in the tree for you to like put like a, a trash, bag, trash bag put like a <laughs> yes. trash bag in and you know, it, it's also a really easy walk without having to hike a mountain. Yeah, you can walk from the campsite to Wiseman's View. It's maybe maybe a, a mile and a quarter or something like that. If, if even probably yeah, if probably that. a mile back. Yeah. In, you know, total round trip. Yeah, half mile. It's it's not far at all. It's it's a it's a nice little walk. Yeah, super easy. So I remember going up there with 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 you and Jeff, and we we had gone up. We had you know secured some stuff. We had kind of like got our campsite set up, our tent set up. And gone up there and we did a little hiking um, outside of the bounds where we were supposed to go. You know, we kind of hiked down. Oh, yeah, climbed little, down the side over there. Kind of, yeah, we got into the cliffs and we were looking off of those. And then we kind of hiked down into a little bit further into some kind of rough terrain. I was just waiting to get bitten by like an eastern rat, like a right. eastern diamondback because that was kind of rough area it was but we did find under that one little uh cliff area there was like a little campsite that was cool and i uh, we used to go back down there all the time remember we'd go back yeah. down there to that look there was like a little grate where people had used it to cook on yep. i bet that's like a nice little cove to like oh for sure to camp in um and did we go to i think we cooked out that night didn't we we didn't go to famous Luis's like we normally no, we did no, no. we had actually made dinner at, yeah. at the campsite. Oh, yeah. We usually make like hot dogs or, you know, some kind of something simple like that. And, um, you know, I remember you guys telling me about the lights, you and your dad both telling me about the lights. And I was like, eh, I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, this just sounds weird. He was kind of telling me about uh, telling them to me as well. Cause I hadn't really, you hadn't, seen, hadn't them. seen them yet. So he was, he was kind of, he had known about them and seen them and it was telling both of us about them basically. Which is so cool that I'm so glad he shared it with us. Cause it has been one of those things that's like, a huge deal for both of yeah. us. And we, I remember that night we finished dinner. It was starting to get dark, uh, maybe not completely dark. It wasn't completely dark because right. we had that encounter on the way to the Brown Mountain or to the Wiseman's view. And as we were walking, we came across that huge giant spider. Remember? Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> as we I know, it was on the way back. Was it on the way back? I feel like it was on the way back. 
Well, either way, it doesn't if matter. It was on the it way back. Horrible. I think it might have been on the way back because we were scared already. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, went to there's the Weissman's View has two. It has like a small parking area where you can just drive right up to it, and there's like a little asphalt trail that leads right down to the overlook. It's a very easy access thing. Like anybody yeah. can get to it. You can get to it on your rascal scooter. If, you yeah, know, if you it want has to. like a, a low income path as well to kind of that kind of curves back and forth you could really take a walker or a some kind of wheelchair if you needed to yeah and we took i think we took some chairs down there yep. and we there are two kind of like little cylindrical uh rock outposts that you can sit at or you're supposed to stand on but you know yeah. we go up there for the long haul and i think we took some snacks yep. and we went down and it wasn't long before we spotted something and that was a golden orange-like light on one of the plateaus of Table Rock Mountain, on the far right side. Yeah, it was just off the left side of Table Rock, because the left side kind of, it's a flat kind of top mountain, and then off the left side, there's a steep cliff. Mm -hmm. And so right off the left side is where it appeared. Yeah, and when I first saw it, you know, to, to me, I was very skeptical, and I thought, that is campfire. That's what I thought it was. Either that, or I've also seen, you know, there's a, you know, airplanes kind of fly that direction sometimes. Maybe it's headlights from an airplane or something was also a potential. Because I have seen that specific thing there. But yeah, this, this, I specifically remembered being like, I think that's a campfire. Right. On Because I'm talking about the stationary one. No, I know. The, the one. Okay. So, and it wasn't long before on the opposite side of Table Rock, another similarly colored. Yeah. The first off, the first light changed colors. It blinked white for a second and it changed like so. Yeah. It was this golden hue and then it turned white or, or white ish or bluish or something to that effect. And on top of that, it, um, it, like we eventually kind of noticed that it wasn't really, you know, above ground or anything. It was literally off the side of the cliff, you know, hovering off of it. It wasn't necessarily above ground or anything. Yeah. And then, the other one popped up and there was no question about the other one on the other side of the plateau, you know, right. What a half mile, a quarter mile away, hundred, I mean, Probably, hundred, yeah. hundreds of yards away Yeah, that here comes another light. And this one is a similar golden, you know, orangish hue. And it is doing these just weird motions in the sky. And that's, you know, for me, you know, was when it started to get very right. interesting. Like it was at that point that it, that grabs your attention and you're like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And I'm, I'm, you know, all of our senses were kind of heightened at this point and we were, you know, we were fo- now we're focused in on what we we're looking at. So we were, you know, all three of us were scanning the entire gorge, both mountains, um, the, the kind of ridge line above the mountains looking for anything to pop up anywhere around us. So I, we were all on scale. I was ton- completely tunnel vision. Oh, for sure. I was completely tunnel vision. And I'm looking and my remember like it was getting dark and the hairs on the back of my head are like standing up because I just don't understand what's going on. Right. I'm like, is this dangerous? No. I mean, Jeff's seen it before. That's the creepy thing about it is is the aspect of the unknown. You know, that's what's scary about it is you don't know. And like your brain can't logically come up with a reasoning for it. It did. Yeah. It it made no sense. Like I was like, oh, it's not playing. That's not anything. And then it, it got worse because we were up there alone, you and I and Jeff. We were all up there alone, all three of us. Yeah, there was a couple other people hanging out, but they had moved on since it got dark. They went back yes. to the campsite or whatever. They were gone. And 
that's when I'm sitting there and I begin to hear this noise. I spun around looking for any type of weapon I could find. I heard that noise. I knew for sure it was the lights. They were there to get me and we were all doomed. I was ready to fight that light. I wasn't sure what to do. I was like, well, you know, should I grapple it? Should I punch it? The, the noise came again louder and louder and louder. I looked to the top and I see a very dim light. It was right behind us at the right top of the stairs. At the top of the stairs, it was a hillbilly fella and his wife, I believe, and maybe a maybe a teenage kid. Yeah, and they were using a Noah hand wine crank radio, <laughs> and they has the attached flashlight, and they were charging it up with that little winding noise. Yes, but at that time. I knew for sure that I was about to die and I was ready to lay down my life in combat with that light. Right. It, every, all three of us, you know, we're on edge already senses heightened. And then that wind up sound just suddenly behind us at the top of the stairs. And yeah, as we turn around this light shining on us, you know, in the moment, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And, you know, we look up and sure enough, it's just, you know, a, a fellow with a yeah. Dale Earnhardt jacket on or something like right. that. Who, who, you know, that was his, Hey, let's just take the old wind up flashlight out, you know? Yeah. Got your solar panels on there, AM, FM radio. <laughs> exactly. But we had been watching those lights. We've been watching this thing. It wasn't like this was like a quick thing. We had been watching these lights for over an hour. Yeah, at least we'd been out there an hour or so. And so I remember going back to the campsite that night, and that's when we saw the huge spider, I think, because Josh was already a little on edge. And then him seeing a, str- a spider would just... That was as bad as it can get for him. But we went back to our camp that night and I was hooked. I was hooked on what is it I really want to know. And it's just one of those things that like it was a mystery to me mm-hmm. that seemed worth finding more out about. Like, like or, or seeing again. Right. Like I knew for it, like that was a memory that I'm always going to have. Yep. It's never going to leave me. And I'll never forget the first time I've seen him. And I've, I don't think I've forgotten any of the other times I've been right. up there. It, it's and something what I've that seen. It, it was worth it. You're like, I got to show other people this. Yes. I, 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 not only do I have, I need to see this again and, and to confirm what I'm seeing kind of thing, you know, I approach it with a somewhat scientific method, but you're like, I need to bring other people too, so that I know I'm not seeing stuff and I have people to corroborate my stories. And, it's, and that's where I want to kind of bring up that I am lucky enough. So Josh is, a borderline celebrity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you are because so Josh is, um, we have gone up there on numerous other t- numerous times oh, and yeah. Josh is a proficient photographer, an amateur photographer, but you were a good yeah. amateur photographer. You're, you're very capable. Josh is obviously Josh is the person that edits these podcasts. Josh is the very technical person when it comes to equipment. Mm. He's the guy that knows how to set up you know, sound systems and, you know, he, he makes a good roadie. He makes a good photographer. He makes a good IT technician. He can do all that kind of thing. That's, that is his niche. And we have gone up there and Josh has taken pictures on numerous occasions. Right. On that note. So it was after that first time that it, it prompted me that, that I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find a way to try and capture this. So it was not long after that first trip that I did some research and bought a DSLR camera, like a higher end camera that I could you know put a, a high zoom lens on to try and capture anything that I could see. And the next time we went up there, it was just you and I, wasn't it? 
I'm pretty sure. Mm, might have been. It was just I me and you. You have a better memory than I do. The so. Elephant never forgets. It was just me and you. Like, we didn't have my wife or yeah. anybody else there. It was just you and I. We went up there ourselves. We This time we had it down pat, and this has kind of been our running thing. Yeah. Get up there early enough, but not early enough where we have to wait a long time for night. Go see the gorge and its beauty in the daytime. Yeah. Go to Famous Luis's, eat pie with ice cream. Yeah. By return. The, by the time you're done with that, it's, you know, getting a little darker outside and you can head back up to the. Return uh, at nighttime. You know, don't get eaten by the locals. Get up there, <laughs> find a spot to sit and really start watching out for what we can see in the valley and on the hills and on. Yeah. We'll kind of go down to one of those little overlooks and get set up. We'll set up our, you know, camp chairs. I'll set up my tripod with my camera and my zoom lens and get it kind of you know, focused uh, correctly on the far mountains before it gets too dark and get that all set. And then we just kind of settle in and wait for it to get good and dark. And then we just look and we, Josh and I have had pretty good luck up there. I've seen people, I've heard people talking about them trying to see the Brown mountain lights from the Brown mountain overlook off the highway. Yeah. And it seems very hit or miss. Right. But for, well, I've had people say too, that, um, even at Wiseman's, they said they've been going up there 20 years and they've never seen anything. That's surprising. That, that's, and which is crazy. That's insane. You know, in the, you know, maybe dozen times I've been up there, I've, I, there's only been maybe once that I didn't see something. If even, I think like, I've, there's a lot of times we've seen stuff, but we just didn't know. Yeah. We were, well, that's true. We that's didn't true. have pictures or anything like that to like really look at it. Right. And so, you know, the, the next time Josh and I went up there, he set up his camera and he was talking me through his method. He was taking these like long, you were, what were you using Josh to do that? It was like a, so I had a Canon, uh, T4i camera at the time with a 75 to 300 millimeter lens. This all for all the, you know, technical camera geeks out there. And then I was, uh, typically taking the photos at 20 to 30 second exposures, depending on, you know, where it was at and what it needed to, cause it was because it was pitch black. You needed that long of an exposure to get, you know, any source of visible light uh, to accumulate. So it like allows you to draw in more light. Yeah. Okay. So we were up there and we begin to see these things down in the valley, some kind of moving like, you know, closer to the mountains themselves, uh, always on the opposite side of the river from the gorge, though, is pretty much what I remember. I think maybe once or twice we had seen stuff on our side of the gorge. Uh, there was one point that I had seen... <clears throat> I felt like we had seen a couple things right below us off the edge, like we kind of looking down over the little overlook right below us. We saw a couple lights off the edge a couple times, but most everything was usually further away. It's usually remember. on the other side. There's a river that runs through the gorge and, and usually it's on the opposite side of that river uh, where right. the Table Rock and Hawksbill Mountains are where we would typically see these lights. And, I remember Josh taking these pictures and he would take the pictures and we would see these red lights or blue lights. And oftentimes when we were, when we would see from up there, we'd, I, I would tend to notice there was like a red or orange light. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that would seem to change colors. And there was often dancing blue lights that would like orbit those or move quickly around them. And Josh would zoom in on his viewfinder or not your viewfinder, your screen yeah, on, the, on the screen on the camera. I would take the picture and then the little preview would, you know, would pop and we'd look at it and you, you could zoom in further on on the actual screen to see what was on there. And so we would check the pictures after taking them to see if, you know, what I had got a picture of. And they were, they, they were somewhat they, like you're, you're looking at them, you're seeing them from a distance. And every time Josh would, would, would zoom in on it, you'd see like where the light had moved. Mm. 
during that time period. And you're like, right. What is, what is this? And it got to one picture, which is, you know, you end one of your videos that you have. Yeah. So uh, if you want to see some of these photos I'm talking about, um, you can visit my personal channel on YouTube, which is Arc Adventures. You can uh, just search on YouTube, Brown Mountain Lights, Arc Adventures. And uh, there's three videos up there that uh, have a lot of these photos on there. You can go take a look at them. And we'll be featuring a lot of them on our Instagram and everything as well. Yeah, we'll have post them up there too. And, but Josh, I remember Josh zoomed on the last one. And I have no, first off, I want to say that I have no idea what these lights are. No. I don't claim to be, I don't claim to know what yeah, they are. Neither I don't, one of us do. I don't think, I'm not trying to say that they're ghosts. I'm not trying to say that they're aliens. I'm not trying to say that they are ball lightning. They're plasma. They're swamp gas. I don't know. No. I just know that I've seen them. Yeah. But the last picture that Josh zoomed in on, right, and which is at the end of his first Brown Mountain Lights video, yep. his his when it zoomed in on that on his viewfinder, you know, this is over a period of a couple hours. Yeah, Josh is taking these pictures, and we zoom in on it, and of course your mind's racing. Like, what is it? Right. And and each it, picture is getting you know more weird and more you know crazy looking. And when he zooms in on it, we see what looks to be like these blue ethereal beings surrounding something. Yeah, and. Like there's like, it looks like head and like shoulders and like a body form. Yeah. And you're picking that stuff out and you're like, what is that? Yeah. What the heck is it? Let's go back to the car. And we left yes. right after we saw that picture. Cause we had already been like on edge, you know, taking these pictures. And it's also, you know, it's one of those things. It's just, it is quiet up there. Yep. You can just hear the dull roar of the river running down below you. Yep. And there's, as long as there's no country bumpkin up there with his wind up radio. Right. It's a pretty quiet area, you exactly. know, and it is, it is one of those things. I remember looking at that picture, him zooming in on the viewfinder. And there was this moment of pause between us where there was just kind of silence and processing. And then this like unanimous, yeah, I think we're done for tonight. Yeah, the, that looks, oh my God. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, and then even worse, you know, now that we've discovered the secret of these lights, you know, that there are these blue ethereal beings. <laughs> quote unquote this is this is yeah. just you know at, at the moment you're thinking this yeah then you got to go back to your car yep. and drive down this horrible rutted road in the nighttime you know yep. and i'm like god i'm about to fight off these lights <laughs> i gotta fight off a yeti a sasquatch here not yep. to mention mothman somewhere mothman the jersey devil they're all up here whoever now. it is they're after me because yeah. they know we took a good picture of them they know we're aware of them yes. and we've outed them so we're not making it out so I remember going home, we showed your family, we were showing friends and we we're just like, man. Oh, I remember whenever we, yeah, we got home and I hooked my uh, laptop up to the TV in the living room and kind of mirrored it up there as a second monitor. And as I got specifically to that last picture, my mom, like <laughs> uh, jaw agape, like, they look walked, like little people. walked up yeah. to the TV like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And th this is on the big screen. And then we're yeah. like all feeling it. And I'm just happy to be at your house at that point. And yeah. it was, it was one of those things that was just like, oh my God, this is so weird what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain it. I don't know what it was. Nope. I don't know what these things are. I don't know what the lights were, but you know what we did? We kept sharing it. We kept going up there yeah. with different people, different uh, friends, different you, family members, because we would show them, we say, "Hey, look at these pictures." And like, eh. or you tell them about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I remember we went up there with one of my friends, Ben. And mm -hmm. you know, we went up there several times. We saw numerous things, but we we went up there with my friend Ben, and it was you, me, and Ben, correct? Just us three. I think so. Just us three. 
and you know he had an interest in that kind of thing but he was he's a very skeptical guy you know he's like yeah it's probably nothing it's it's just car headlights or whatever right and we did the same thing we set up josh brought his his tripod brought his camera we brought our snacks and you know now with a third person we were up there and josh just this time we were seeing more activity on the mountains across from right. us, both on hawksbill and um table rock yeah. and they are they are a pretty good distance apart not to mention this is all pretty rough terrain i i have a guy i work with who i've been um actually training him for work and he's a hiker and he's been down the gorge and he says it's a very very hard hike to hike the linville gorge mm-hmm. and when you see some of these things moving at the speed that they do at night on the rocky terrain that you see from the daytime um you're like man you would you would have to be like Usain Bolt slash right. Alex Honnold, you know, to, to, to make that kind of distance. Yeah, because yeah, in a few of the pictures, you know, again, it was the exposure time was 20 to 30 seconds and the light that is being captured, you know, the camera's on a tripod, so it's not moving, but the light is moving within the picture. So, you know, some simple logic tells you that over that course of 20, 30 seconds, whatever this light was moved that amount of distance. And, you know, I haven't done the math on it myself to see, you know, what the distance and the time was, but, you know, someone smarter than me could do that, I'm sure, you know, measuring the height of trees and all that stuff. But it, there isn't a lot of logical or plausible way that, you know, a a person could cover that distance, you know, if they had a headlamp on or something, could cover that amount of distance at night in the pitch black over this rough terrain. And not to mention some of these times early on, we, you know, we're talking early to like mid to mid 2010s, you know, early 2010s. And I think that one was like 2017 or, 20, or 2014, 2014. Maybe. Yeah. That, that one was 2014. Yeah. That had to be later than that. I would think, I think 2014 to 2017 or when most of them were. Okay. And, and so really, you know, drones weren't even as popular. Like people didn't, the, the drone, like drones have taken off in the last like six years, you know, especially that first time when we were up there with your dad mm-hmm. and then not to mention, you know, when we were up there with your dad it was probably 2010, somewhere around t- there. 2010. And then when we went up there for your first set of pictures that we put on, that you've done on YouTube, those were probably 2012, 2012, 14, somewhere around there. I think 2013 actually. Think, yeah. Somewhere in there. And, um, they were like the, the drones weren't just weren't that prevalent then it wasn't no. like, Oh, this is somebody with drones like goofing around or whatever to up there. No commercially available, uh, drones, were not really yeah applicable or affordable thing at that time. Yeah. And so when we went to, um, when with, with my friend, you know, now jumping back forward to the time that we were up there for your, your mm-hmm. second video that you have on YouTube, they were also in the air doing things. They were also in the air yeah. moving during that 20 to 30 second exposure time. One of them looks like a, like it goes up and does like a whole little whirlwind thing. Yeah. It's got like spirals and all kinds of just very, um, what's Ob- weird motion. Yeah. Just weird motions, kind of like, uh, non-uniform movements to it. And, and we're seeing, and these are like the same, these are like, but these, this time they were like very blue. Lights. Yes. And we were seeing the same thing miles away on Hawksbill. So we were, we yeah. were, you were taking pictures of table rock, the, the road, the, like, you know, with all that, not, I don't know if there's a risk on our road, the trails and everything where the, that yeah. light seemed to be coming from all the way up to table rock. And then also the top of Hawksbill and even some of the lights coming off of the ledge of Hawksbill and floating above the trees at Hawksbill. Mm-hmm. 
And my friend was just like, you know, obviously it's a hiker. You know, he made that joke after the one in the air. We zoomed in on it. He's yeah. like, clearly it's a hiker because I think we had been up there and some local fella who might have been a CIA operative just trying to, to, to take us off because he knew we were on to him. Right. But he he was like, yeah, it's just people riding four wheelers up there. That's just <laughs> hikers. And then we, Josh takes the picture of the one above the trees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're looking at it after that dude's long gone. Ben's just looking at the viewfinder and he's like, oh, obviously that's just a hiker. Obviously that's just a dude on a four wheeler, which, you know, maybe if it was, you know, you've been playing Hogwarts legacy. I was getting ready to say maybe that. if you've, if, maybe, maybe if they've got a, uh, an enchanted, um, enchanted oh, ATV, an ATV of some kind with like the brightest through, blue headlights. Yeah. The flies through the air. Yeah. Harry Potter would have had a fun time with that one. True. <laughs> Very true. Get the old, uh, the, what are the what's like the one of those big name brands like the Grizzly or I honestly the first thing that popped in my head was Mongoose Mongoose yeah <laughs> from Halo oh yeah but, yeah well we'll just call it that because I yeah, like that better the Mongoose you get on a Mongoose uh, up there it was it was crazy it's another one of those times where we were looking at all these and we had our fill because it just got nerve wracking and yeah we left and we have been up there so many times and seen so many weird things and one of those things yep. um, that we we'll we can talk about is the glow worm oh yeah <laughs> and this was with me my wife you yeah. and one of your friends yeah and we were up there and we hadn't seen a lot of activity that night yeah the, as far as lights and stuff it was it was kind of a, a slower night. like maybe there was a couple small ones but it wasn't anything super strange or whatever yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like you know and my wife had seen him before as well mm -hmm. and we had been up there she and i had been up there several times by ourselves as well and seen interesting things up there but we had um we hadn't seen a whole lot but there was this strange and we'll, we'll post a picture of this on instagram because it, yeah it, it, we've got the picture of it there was this strange glow caterpillar yeah, glowing we, we iridescent turned we turned around and on the stairs behind us we just we noticed a little glow. We're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> it, it looked like somebody had like it was looked like a dripping of like toxic sludge or something right. like that. Like you know, like that bright green neon kind radiation, of. like radioactive looking material. If there was a, a a tiny caterpillar in Fallout, you know, a, a rad caterpillar or that's something, what that's what like. it would look like. That's what it would look like, and that's what we saw. And Josh has got pictures of it, and it's just such a weird thing. Yeah. And, yeah, I think they're called glowworms yeah, is what glow they're actually called. Kind. And they're uh, for a while, though, I couldn't even figure find them. I remember, like, looking at, like, glow-in-the-dark worms and, like, couldn't find them. Yeah. You know? But there is that they exist. It's not something that we didn't. It wasn't like a larva. An alien species of some kind. Or... It wasn't like some larva that got left behind. Right. Or something like that while they were trying to sneak up on us and whatever. <laughs> but that night was super interesting. And I, I'm going to tell the story from my memory and I'll let you tell it from yours. Okay. So, um, and this isn't rehearsed by the way, this is Josh and I just talking about it. We don't have scripts or anything like that. So there, there might be a little difference in between what we, what we say here. Mm -hmm. We were packing up to go because we only, we had not seen that much activity. And my wife, who and we were just dating at the time, as I'm putting on my backpack that had our snacks in it or whatever, you know, and grabbing the chair, I turn to walk up the stairs to go back towards where we would walk to our cars. My wife, who does not cuss, right, at all, says, what the Which gets my attention immediately. I turn around and I see what, I, what I've described to every person that I felt comfortable telling this story to. This bright 
blue beam illuminating the entirety of the Linville Gorge. Not a little bit, not like a flashlight beam. It illuminated all of it. It was so weird. It, the closest thing that I can, I can account it to would be the lights that they send up for nine 11 in the place of the twin towers, as far as brightness and like volume and color, the light shined through the entire Valley pointed towards us on, on the overlook and then up into the sky. And that, you know, I've been in a lot of sketchy situations. I've been in a lot of dangerous situations uh, in my life. And that was by far one of the scariest things that's ever, just because it just, it didn't make any sense. It was one of those things we had been up there. We hadn't seen a whole lot. And, you know, my wife saying that automatically had me on edge. And when that came, when I saw that, there was no question to me that there was no flashlight on earth that could do that. There was, you know, there was no flashlight in what year was this? Uh, this was in 2014, I believe 2014. There was no flashlight in 2014 that could do that. There was no, you would have had to, that would, it would have had to been like a Hollywood production with like mirrors and everything. And it's shining at us towards the, the gorge or towards the overlook and then straight up into the sky. I was in full combat mode. I was, <laughs> I was ready. I was like primal, like my, my was primally angry and like ready. I, you know, I talked about the first time. I don't know if I could punch a light, but right. I was ready to fight whatever it was. Yeah. And it was scary. So I'll let you tell it from your point of view. Cause you saw more before I did. Right. And you also might have better insight in it than I did, but that's what I remember from that <laughs> night. And it was, the most unexplainable thing I've ever seen in my life. And it didn't match any of the other things that we had seen up there. I've never seen that again. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. So yeah, that's a very, obviously a very similar kind of a story, but from my perspective, so yeah, similar kind of thing. We've been up there, you know, multiple hours, not seeing a lot. We were all kind of a little disappointed, you know, because, because of what we'd seen before, so like, all right, let's just pack it up. Everybody's, you know, putting their chairs up and getting stuff in their backpacks, this and that, you know, and I have my camera, my tripod, I turn my camera off and I loosen the, uh, head mount for the tripod that holds the camera on. And, you know, as I'm loosening that, the camera kind of tilts down a little bit as it's kind of loose. And then at that moment, yeah, right in front of me, this beam of light shoots up out of the middle of the gorge and yeah, kind of a whitish bluish light. It shines straight up. And as soon as I see that, I flip my camera back on and try to tighten the thing back up on the head to try and, you know, point and point it at as close as I could to, to get some picture of what I was seeing. Yeah. And while this was happening, the light moves around very quickly and kind of points away from us towards, I think you can see Lenore off in the distance and kind of scans the, the gorge and then shines directly at us up on the overlook and lights us all up. And... I, I, at, at some point in this, I did snap a picture it, you know, because I was moving it and it wasn't focused and everything, it didn't capture much, but I do have a, a small little glimpse at, in the corner of one of my pictures of, of the light. It, it, it's not really, you know, discernible in any way. You can't tell what it is or anything, unfortunately, 
but I did, I was able to capture just the tiniest little hint of whatever it was, which is awesome. But yeah, that definitely was another one of those moments that after that, there was this pause and silence amongst all of us, not knowing what was about to happen. But, and then after, you know, a, a good beat or two, when nothing did happen, we all just took off back towards the car. We like grabbed our stuff and just headed up the stairs as quick as we could. It was palpably like it was like the tension in the air was palpable. Like it was like, I know my wife was scared. I know your friend was scared. Yeah. I, I know I was scared. I'm sure you were scared. Oh yeah. And you know, I don't know what that light is. I don't know where it came from. I'm not making suggestions that it's anything, but I'm telling you that there's nothing that I can imagine at that time in what year mm-hmm. 2014 yeah. that, you know, you see now like on YouTube, like the world's brightest flashlight and they do this thing and it, it like looks like daytime. And I'm, I imagine yeah. sometimes it's actually just an edit, you know, like a cut where they like, they, I mean, some of those flashlights, some, some of them are, right? but the fact that it illuminated yeah. for it was a focused beam, a focused beam that seemed like, and it, it illuminated from when I remember seeing like a swath of the entire valley. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. And then right at us. And I remember Josh and I have taught before about this. Like, do you think we lost time up there? Like, what if something happened to us? We just have no idea. Oh, you know? yeah. They had a loss of time. We had like, like some loss of time. minutes passed and we just don't remember. Which we do. I don't think that happened. No. But I, when it shined up at us, you know, it's that very stereotypical like 90s. The blue light hits you, you know, you know, yeah. close encounters of the third kind. Hand over your eyes, you know, but this was yeah. coming from the ground. Yeah. And... Yeah, obviously, I don't. It wasn't a camper. It was. It was something unexplainable. The one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life, and I can't imagine. Like I, it's one of those things that if answers in the universe, I'd want to know what that was. Like, what did that to us? What shined that light? How did? Where? Where did that come from? What was that? You know, that'd be in my top ten. Like, if I could ask whoever created the universe, questions to be answered. Questions to be answered. I want to know what that is. Yeah. So jumping off of that, that's basically kind of a, a quick kind of overview of our more significant events that we've had up there. Kind of just a quick dive into the few, because there, there, yeah, there definitely was a few particular things that stood out. You know, yeah. Like I said, we've seen it a number of times, but those few particular things, like those will always live in our memories. Yeah. I, I, there was one time I was up there with my wife and I, and we saw like this comet going over you know not a comet obviously but oh yeah like a meteor or something like were you up there with us no but i remember you telling me okay. about it the we were up there and it was like a meteor or something that went over our head and i remember being able to look up and i could it, you could hear the like that like the sound of like like a like a rocket ship or you know like that kind of flaming sound and like you could almost see the colors changing in the flame like it wasn't right. like a you know, just a shooting star. It seemed like it was really close. And I remember my wife at the time saying, you know, my wife, my wife still at that time, my, she was my girlfriend saying like, Oh, you know, she's like, it was like the mountain was shooting at us. You know, it was just, it was kind of a weird, like also just, there's a bunch of weird things that have happened up there. And there's so many weird things. Like it's inspired a lot of like fiction. You know, we, Josh and I were looking oh, yeah. at the trailer earlier. There's a movie called, it's a IFC movie, an independent film channel movie called alien abduction. Yeah. And it literally takes place up there. Uh, it is a 4.8 stars out of 10 yeah, so on it, IMDb. So it's not exactly uh, a very well-reviewed <laughs> rated movie by any means. No. Yeah. You know, there's, it's not, um, it's, it's not like a, a big budget movie, but no. it takes place up there. It's very alien esque and, you know, 
it's kind of it's under the same vein of that you know aliens as a, a thing are a threat you know that they are coming here to abduct signs yeah. you know that kind of thing that they're a bad thing yeah that, that yeah they're very yeah and like they're after you they're after for some reason they really want this this bumpkin family that right is going up there to camp like they're the ones you know or whatever but yeah borderline alien invasion it's 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 a weird looking movie josh and i haven't watched it i think that could be some interesting content is like a cold con- like we should do like a mystery science thousand three thousand or something on that yeah, yeah and just talk trash about it maybe for our patreon but you know that's something that has inspired um the brown mountain lights itself and that's 2014 that's actually when we saw that weird light up there uh-huh. mm, is it- i just noticed that i just noticed that too um but it's only an hour and 25 minutes. So you guys are, if you are having a bad movie night, um, you know, yeah. with your friends, maybe guess, check it out. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Check out, uh, alien abduction from the independent film channel. Right. But so talking about all this, Josh's pictures, he, you know, he published these videos, you know, years ago yeah. and you begin to get a lot of, because it's some, you know, there wasn't a lot of content on it. You quickly became one of the more popular, um, videos on, on the internet, on YouTube, Right. With those. And it was really cool. Josh is credited, right, on Discovery Channel. And on the Travel Channel. The Travel Channel. Josh has credited photography on the Travel Channel because they emailed you and yeah. they featured some of your pictures in one of their... In one of their shows. Uh, the show was actually called Into the Unknown. Um, and I think the particular episode, it was on season one, episode two, was about the Brown Mountain Lights. And so, yeah, they had contacted me to use some of my uh, photos and my videos um, in the episode, which was crazy because it's, it's wild to see, you know, your name in the credits on a travel channel show. Yeah, I watched that specifically just to be like, that's my buddy on the end, you know, and I was there when those pictures were taken. Exactly. Which is also and beyond that, the only the way we even found out about that was because your buddy who we had took up there texted you about it. He had sent you, he took a picture, he was watching the thing, took a picture of it. Oh, that's right. And then sent it to you and we're like, aren't these Josh's photos? They had already paid you too a long time ago too, right? They paid you yeah. for it and yeah. we, you just never knew that it was I coming out. I had, hadn't heard anything as of yet that, you know, they, they, you know, they said, you know, well, yeah, we'll let you know whenever it's coming out or, but they never did. And so I, it kind of, it'd been so long. I'd kind of forgot about it. But yeah. They, yeah. They, and then, buddy, ben, then Ben texted because he was up there when those pictures were taken too, specifically those like real blue ones right. that were moving in the sky and everything. And, um, yeah, it was, it's crazy. And then Josh is also, I mean, the fact that it's also taught, like there's been some authors that you've spoken to who have tried to kind of debunk your lights and have not been able to, you know, right. Tell, they've, tell just me had, they've, had, they've had an interest in them as well. Um, one of them, particularly, uh, a guy named Henning, uh, Kirsten, I believe is how you say it. He's from Germany. Um, uh, his name's Henning. Um, he's an author. His, his main book that, uh, you can find on Amazon too, is called the Dyatlov Pass Mystery, not a cold case, um, which that's a, another interesting thing that we may dive into in the later, uh, episode. But, uh, some of the aspects of that case, um, there was some similar type of, you know, orb like phenomenon, similar to the Brown Mountain Lights that caught his interest and led him to my videos. And he ended up contacting me and again, wanted to know about my story with the Brown Mountain Lights to get my, you know, my take on my experience and all this. Um, and then really liked the photos that I had and stuff. And I think we'll we'll be putting them in the next edition of that book. And this, Um, what is it? The sixth edition of the the, the, So it's the the, Dyatlov Pass mystery, not a cold case. Yeah. So my pictures will end up being in there as well, which is 
wild to think about, but really cool. It is. And the, I think that book has a lot of stuff about like plasma phenomena and ball lightning and all kinds of right. stuff, you know, and it was, it was something else you've been featured in. I know you, a lot of people have, like, I mean, you've had a lot of interest. From there was, there's also been, um, there's been some other YouTube channels. Um, uh, Windagoon, right? Yeah. Windagoon is another YouTube channel that, uh, on one of his, uh, videos that he put up, he, uh, featured, uh, some of my photos and mentioned my other personal channel arc adventures as being having some of the best photos of this phenomenon that he's ever seen. So uh, go check out Windagoon as well. Yeah. You know, or, you know, if you're from Windagoon, come check us out. Cause uh, I think he's, right. he's what he's, he have like 2.1 million subscribers. Yeah, and no, we got yeah, seven. He's pretty big. He's pretty big, but yeah, he, he, Josh showed me that, you know, the other day he's like, he's like, I didn't even know, you know, I, I started getting all these views again and people like Windagoon sent me or I found, I yeah. came here from Windagoon's channel and it, it yeah. is interesting. It, it is like such a weird phenomena that Josh and I have seen. And it's not like area 51 or something like that, where people there's, there's so many people that have their own stories about it or right. whatever that they, you know, like it, it would be hard to get noticed. Josh's pictures were good. They were, com they are compelling. They yeah. are good. They are compelling. And because of that, people have like looked at it. And I think people are like, Oh, there's been a, 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 an oddly amount of extensive research done into my photos specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, that, the uh, Henning gentleman I mentioned earlier, um, he had contacted me. He actually traveled over here from Germany to go to Wiseman's view to try and replicate my photos specifically. Like my photos were why he came over here from Germany. Yeah. And he met up with another author, um, named Ed Spear, who's a, a very much of a skeptic. He's like a major skeptic in this kind of stuff. And he's, he has spent a many years up around, up in and around Brown mountain. He's hiked pretty much every trail there is up there and seen, uh, lots of things related to it. But he, um, is also again, uh, sides on the side of skepticism. So the two of them actually went and did extensive research where they tried to recreate my lights. They were, had one person on the mountain and one person on a, Wiseman's view, you know, with flashlights and headlamps and tons of different implementations to try and recreate a lot of the photos. Um, some of them, they got things that looked pretty dang close. And, you know, after seeing that and going back through my photos, there's a handful of them that, you know, looking at it in hindsight, yeah, I could see that it could be a headlamp from something or a campfire. That makes sense. But even they admitted that there's a few photos in there that they were not able to replicate and they have no idea what they were. Which is cool. And I think, so that guy, his, his book is, is by his author name on Amazon's Ed Spear, but it's Wade Edwards Spear. And that's, that book is called the Brown Mountain Lights History, Science and Human Nature Explain an Appalachian Mystery right. Contributions to Southern Appalachian Studies, number 40. Right. And so He's that's got a handful of things too, I think, but yeah, that is just one of them I had pulled up here. Um, so, you know, that, that's neat. You know, like Josh here, like nobody ever cares about my, my Instagram photos that I put <laughs> up, but you know, Josh has inspired somebody to travel from Germany, which is, you know, it's, and it wasn't even a him catfishing somebody. Right. It was, it was, they came out there, they saw it. It was compelling enough for them to come look at it. And you know, it's, it's one of those things like the day of like the pictures that you posted, I don't know if you've altered the, the lighting or anything. No, them. most of them I haven't done a thing too, I mean, except for outside of like maybe cropping them just to yeah. get rid of unneeded stuff. But that's about it. That's the thing. You know, they, they are pretty much the exact same thing just on whatever, you know, mode that you're looking at them on Yeah, that we saw those nights on your little, your screen on the screen on the after camera. you zoomed in on them. And we said, well, this is spooky and yeah. we don't want to be here.
But yeah, I might even, uh, I've even thought about trying to uh, contact Hanning again and see if we could get kind of an interview with him about his, that experience of him going up there to take those pictures and stuff. I think that could be interesting. Maybe do a Brown Mountain part two. I think that'd be fun in Brown Mountain part two, or even like yeah. us go back up there again and document. On location. On location. Maybe, maybe that'd be a Patreon thing. Yeah. And add that to that, you know, cause I'm about to get my FAA license, uh, this month for, um, my FAA license for drones for too. Drones, right. So that's something that also could come up. Yeah. And, and I, a lot of that. people in on those, my YouTube videos, a lot of people have commented, why don't you take a drone up there and just flying over it? And that would be fantastic. And I had that idea a long time ago, but I, those are also expensive. They are, they are expensive. And yeah. I remember when Ben, you and I and Ben went up there, I remember after that one, we were all like, we should do a documentary. I remember, I think I've even mm-hmm. got the notes on my phone right. where I was like planning. I was like, you know, cause I'm, I, you know, me, the, the creative, you know, wannabe writer person. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to start scripting this thing out. Like right. how should we, you know, should we have a drone shot going over, you know, the mountains and talking about whatever. And like, should we have people on the other side trying to like, sh- you know, just kind of like Henning and, and, and yeah. Ed did yeah. where they, where they went out there and tried to recreate your things. Can we, can we do that? Can we give explanations for that? And, right. um, hey, yeah. and that might be something we still do in the future. We'll see. Ooh, a geeky DC documentary. I like it, but yeah, yeah. you know, cause we don't have any stake in the game. We don't know what it is. No. We know that people have been compelled by it for so long that there's songs about it. Yeah. There are bands named after it. There are entire, you know, festivals related to it. You know, yeah. Burke County Board of Tourism talks about it. There's even like a cool little North Carolina Board of Tour, like North Carolina uh, uh, show on YouTube. Huh. And it does a really good one where they interview several people. They interview yeah, park yeah. rangers who have been up there. Uh, we I went up there with Ben and our other friend, Alexander. And Alexander's father had been a park ranger up there. And he reported glowing orbs going over his vehicle several times wow. during his career. And so, and then we saw them in the air that time. You weren't there for that one, but yeah. they were coming in out of the air behind table rock. And we were like, what? They, first I was like, oh, it's shooting stars. But then they would like come back out. So oh, it, was, it was, that was a really weird time too. Jeez. Um, but you weren't there for that. So I'm not gonna get too much into the weeds there, but it was, he was there, uh, been seen them several times. And it was definitely one of those things that was a lot, a lot of fun in hindsight, it was a lot of fun to do, but in, in like when you're actually there, there's a lot of spookiness for sure. But another aspect of it that I always kind of, I don't want to say, no, it didn't really bother me or anything, but that, you know, any of those times that we did leave due to something being creepy, or whatever, there was a small part of me that also was like, but what if we stay? Yeah. And like, I, I kind of want to just stay and see what happens though. I, we're going to have to do that. We're, we're on like, now that like there's like Facebook live and Instagram live, we'll have to do that when we get really scared. So that way we have people like keeping us company, monitoring us, <laughs> monitoring right? us that can send the, that, re- well, that's also the cavalry up, you know, on the caveat that we still have signal up there. Oh, you that know? is an issue. Yeah. I've not been up there in a second though. You I know, up there maybe the five G is really getting after it. You know, maybe it has coverage up there. That's a good point. Maybe the five G, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the, this was just early five G. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> There you have it, folks. Verizon is the culprit. Right. Um, you right. know, one one thing I'll say too is is we don't I don't have an idea what it is necessarily. I know you've done some oh, you know, yeah. you've done some looking and you've definitely talked to these authors who have been explained like who who seem to have done research like 
good research on like plasma phenomena and yeah. and light ball lightning and stuff. I will say that me and you both, from what I, you know, I think we've noticed that the spring and fall months where like the temperature changes were definitely times when we saw a lot of activity. Right. That's where we saw most of it was as it was warming up, just going into spring and April kind of timeline. And then just as it was starting to cool down September, October and fall, yeah. that was definitely where we saw the most activity of all the times we've been up there. I'd say that was, yeah. So that's, that's something like if you, if you're ever on like vacation, you come to Western North Carolina, you're, you know, you're, you go to Asheville for some reason, or you're, you're camping or you got a cabin in Eastern Tennessee, make the drive. If nothing else, it's just a gorgeous area to go see. And then maybe if you're lucky enough and you go camping and you're up in Wiseman's view, you'll have the ability to see something that you really can't explain. Right. That would definitely be worth, uh, Heading up there to take a look, I'd say you might, might might see something you'll never forget. I think we should do it. I think we should go back again soon. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, what are we in? This is being recorded March. in. So it's going to be March. You know? Yeah. yeah this uh, come out in March. So we're not too far off. Maybe another month or so before, you know, it gets warm enough to head up there. So maybe we'll plan that. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Be All looking right. for that, folks. Um, for sure. Is there anything else, Josh, you can think about it? Like anything else? Is Do you, a, or do you even want to hazard guess what you think the lights are? Mm, no, not at this point. I think I need more data. Again, I, okay. I've, I've seen a lot of weird It's just still too unknown to me at the moment. I um, get that. Yeah. I don't know either. I, I, you know, I don't really understand like ball lightning well enough. You know, right. now, this is the first time I've, Josh gave me the, his book that, the, uh, the German author, um, what was it? Henning, Henning, Henning gave you, yeah. um, which I, which, you know, Josh's pictures will be featured in the sixth edition, the Dyatlov past mystery, not a cold case. And I think it'll be interesting to, I want to look over this, but I'm probably going to buy his book yeah. and take a look at it because just skimming through it, he seems to have, it seems to be less, um, you know, on a dark and stormy night and yeah. more of like, look at these things that have happened all over the world, these strange plasma phenomena. And here's pictures of like aftermath and everything. Right. And I think that's cool. Cause the Dyatlov pass is definitely one of those things. It's definitely a huge mystery, you know, whether, yeah. whether aliens or yetis or infrasound or, you know, whether they were spies and the KGB killed <laughs> right. them. Right. You know, there's a million different things that people don't really get. Yeah. And, um, for me, I don't know that it's not Cherokee ghosts. You know, True. I don't know that it's not native ghosts. I don't know that it's not, you know, uh, I can't say aliens. it's not any of those things as much as I, you know, can't say that it is a lot of other stuff. Like okay. I just, I don't know. I can tell you that it's compelling. Yes. It's interesting. And it's definitely one of those things that like, if you just, if you just hang out in your living room and you never go outside, which is fine, you can do that. But we've been out there. We've mm. seen it with our own eyes. We've, you know, we've, mm -hmm. we've heard the sound of the river. We've seen the things. Our bodies have had these natural reactions where we're like, Hey, this is bad. Yeah. This like you, your heckles go up and you're like, you turn into a feral animal. Right. And, you know, like, like I'm ready to just, you know, fight a light, fight a light. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, that doesn't happen to me a lot. You know, no. you could, people that are listening to us don't know me that well, but like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I like to think like I'm a, I'm a normal, competent person, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and for me, it was one of those things that like seeing it was definitely believing it, but also 
it instills this sense of wonder in you. Like, what could that oh, be? Oh, yeah. Ever since then, I have had such a fascination with it, and I, I want to know more, for sure. For sure. I think, um, you know, hopefully this this episode, you know, A, you're welcome, because this episode is not three hours long, <laughs> three and a half hours long like our last Dungeons & Dragons one was. But I'll say this, you know, we have so much to, this will be a topic that comes up in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh and I definitely will make the attempt to go out there and get some more stuff and bring it to you all, bring it to our listeners, yeah. bring it to our viewers. Have a more of a, a cataloging mindset going into it, you know. And, and to plug Josh's original, his uh, personal page, Ark Adventures, A-R-K Adventures yeah. on YouTube. That's his YouTube channel. I think we'll probably be yeah. linking some of that stuff to our Geek ETC podcast YouTube. Possibly, um, yeah. You know, and some cross promotion, some cross promotion yeah. there, but go watch it, go see what you think. They're short videos. They're, they're fun to watch. Josh has added some background music for it. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys will really enjoy it for sure. Well, on that note, um, and speaking of checking our stuff out, uh, go check out our social media pages, um, our Instagram and our Twitter at geek ETC podcast. Yeah. Both at, at geek ETC podcast. Um, and then the YouTube channel as well, geek ETC podcast. Um, and of course, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, if you enjoyed this and want to help support it, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash geek ETC podcast. We would greatly appreciate the support so we could help maybe, you know, fund these future documentaries on paranormal things. On these adventures. Maybe you can buy us the Nature Valley bars. Hey, there you That'd go. That would be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Just remember, everybody, that, that like our community, the, uh, the geek ETC community, and we all fight better together. And if you're up alone in the mountains, bring bring one of your friendly geeks with you. For sure. Alrighty. Thanks for listening, people. Keep geeking out. <laughs>